Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 11. John chapter 11 and reading from verse 38. The Bible says this. It's a familiar story about Lazarus being raised from the dead. The Bible says, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave. Uh, A stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me because of the people who are standing by. I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Everybody just say, Loose him and let him go. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you're going to speak today. I just pray that this would not just be another word. I pray that this would just not be more information. Father, I just pray that this word would become a revelation in our hearts that would transform how we live our lives, that we would walk out of this place uh, sensing your presence, feeling your touch, Lord God. Father, I, I, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're our healer, that you're the restorer of our soul. And I thank you that you're the God that does great and mighty things. Forgive us of our sins. Thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom. Speak and to hear your word. And this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is the last message in a series we've been in entitled uh, Building uh, the Blessed Life. If you haven't been with us, it's the first Sunday. Uh, please feel free to go back and listen to the podcast or go to YouTube. And you'll be able to hear uh, the messages over the month of January. The premise of the series is that all throughout the Bible, God promises that we can experience the blessing of God, that we can experience the favor of God, that we can experience the touch of God upon our lives, that despite the challenges and the difficulties, we can experience God's grace in our lives, that this is not just theory, it's something that we can experience in our lives. Key verse for this series has actually been Psalm 112. I challenge you, encourage you to go home and actually read uh, that particular uh, psalm, uh, which kind of describes what the blessed life actually looks like. Psalm 112 begins by saying this, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. What the psalmist is saying is that for those who fear the Lord, not those who are scared of God, but those who honour God, those who respect God, those who put God in the first place, those who fear the Lord, and for those who obey God's commands, the outworking or the byproduct of that is blessing. Let me read it again. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, 
and find great delight in in his in his commands. For those who fear God, obey his commands. One of the byproducts, the outworking of that, is going to be blessing. You're going to experience the blessing of God. The question for us is, well, then how can we experience that? How can we experience the blessed life? Well, to help us understand how we've been looking at the story of Nehemiah. Um, uh, on the outside, uh, this, this looks like a simple story about the rebuilding of a wall. But if we look a little deeper, a story speaks to us about how God restores our souls. Uh, when the exiles uh, returned uh, to Jerusalem, the first thing they did was restore the temple. They reestablished worship. And if we're going to experience the blessed life, it begins by giving our life to Jesus, by worshipping God and by obeying or fearing God and obeying His commands. So uh, we've had a look at this over the last few weeks and and uh, people of Israel sinned against God. They began to worship idols and so on. And God warned them again and again and again through prophets who said, go turn back to God, turn back to God. People of Israel said, no, nah, we're going to keep on worshiping the idols. And, uh, and, then, and then God warned them and He warned them. And he, very much like God works with you and me. And He warned them and warned them. They continued to disobey. And then God sent the Babylonians in. And uh, they, they destroyed the Jerusalem. They destroyed the cities. And they took the people of Israel as captives into, into Babylon. Uh, people of Israel remained in Babylon for about 70 years. And after 70 years, they started to let them go back to their, to their home country, uh, to, to their, own, their own cities. And when the people of Israel returned, the first thing they did is they restored um, uh, the, the, the temple. Uh, they actually restored the temple. They restored worship. They began to worship God again. They began to uh, reintroduce uh, the sacrifices and so on, re- reestablish the priests. And, 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 and that's, that's where it all started. And you can read that in the book of Ezra. Um, then once, once that happened, uh, God then sends Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah, who is a type of the Holy Spirit, God sends Nehemiah to actually rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. You see, uh, the Babylonians are destroyed uh, the walls of Jerusalem. And for a city, for a nation back then, the walls around the city were really important because uh, the walls helped protect them against enemy nations. uh, And it also allowed the nation inside to actually be free because they were free from enemy nations. But the walls around Jerusalem were completely destroyed. And God sends Nehemiah to come in and actually repair those walls. You read about it in the book of Nehemiah. It took 52 days, but those walls were actually repaired. And like I said, on the, on, on the, on the outside, it just looks like a story about a rebuilding of a, of a temple, of, of rebuilding the temple and so on. But there's a deeper message here, uh, a, a message for all of us. It's about how God restores or rebuilds our own lives. And the way that God does, I've said, I've said before that we are tripartite beings. We are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. Um, uh, how does God influence us? Uh, the way that God influences us, how does the devil influence us? He usually tempts us through our senses. It's how the enemy comes against us. He tries to, he tries to get at our spirit by tempting us through our senses, you know, the fruit seemed good to the eyes. And so, and so he took a, she took a bite and then, and then he, you know, he followed suit. Um, and uh, how, that's how God, that's how the enemy tempts us. How does God restore us? He restores us 
through the other way, through the Spirit. And you'll see that when the people of Israel returned, the first thing they did is they restored the worship. And if we're going to experience restoration in our hearts, it begins by giving our life to Jesus Christ. It begins by worshipping God. It begins by glorifying the name of Jesus. And then once that happens, the next thing that God does, He sends a Nehemiah or He sends the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's role is to begin to restore the walls of our soul. Now, our soul um, is represented by three things. Uh, our soul is made up of our mind, our emotions, and our will. So when we're talking about the soul, the soul has three parts, the mind, the emotions, and the will. And so when God begins by the Holy Spirit to restore our soul, he does that by restoring the way we think, by healing our emotions, by activating um, our will. And so uh, we said a few weeks ago um, that uh, you know, our soul can actually be damaged. Most of the pain that we experience in life is not physical pain. It's, it's, it's the pain that we experience in our hearts, in our soul, in our mind, in our emotions. This is all kind of reviewing. Um, and if I had a couple more sermons to do in this series, because I've already talked about how God restores our mind, how the Holy Spirit begins to restore the way, but re, be renewed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by changing the way you think. We talked about that a few weeks ago. If I had a couple more sermons, I'd talk about how God heals our wounds and I've done that uh, in, in, in some time gone back and I would talk about uh, the power of little decisions in our lives. But today what I want to speak about in the time I've got left is how to deal with the baggage. How to deal with the baggage in our lives. Uh, one of the things that happens as we go through life is we accumulate stuff, we accumulate baggage. Just like in our homes, we can accumulate stuff, things that we don't use, uh, things we use once and then we put it in the cupboard. And uh, it's amazing how the more rooms we have, the more cupboards we have, the more junk we have. Can I hear an amen? How many hoarders do we have in the congregation here? You got a few hoarders, a few husbands, wives nudging each other. Um, people going, oh, it's one of you. It's just amazing. More cupboards you got. Uh, I know that's true of here in church. You know, the more cupboards, we need more storage space. All right, so we fill them with more, with more junk. And, junk. And just like we accumulate things in our homes, uh, we can accumulate stuff in our souls. Um. Hurts, wounds, pain, difficult circumstances, offences. We, 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 we put them in the cupboards of our heart thinking, well, one day I'm going to deal with this. Just going to put it in the cupboard for now. And one day I'm going to deal with it, but we don't. Hurts that are not dealt with end up becoming baggage. And that baggage brings us down, wears us down, Limits and binds us. It stops us from living the blessed life. I'm going to give you a little demo of this. I'd like to invite my lovely assistant, Pastor Joseph, to come forward. Would you please give him a warm welcome as he comes? I wasn't sure what to wear this morning, so I rang him. I said, Joe, I'm just not sure. The blue shirt or the green one? Joe said, let's go blue. So, <laughs> um, you know, so uh, I want to kind of illustrate this. So, uh, and, and, you know, this is true, by the way. It's not true physically, but it is true emotionally in our lives. A lot of us carry a backpack in our lives. So I'm going to put the backpack on. And as, uh, as we go through life, 
as, as we go through life, we accumulate things. There are the, there are the really big offences. Pastor Joseph is a perfectionist. Everything's got to be done right. There are the, there are the really big offences. You're going to put... I can see a compo claim here. <laughs> Antoinette's going, has this been approved? <laughs> uh, there's the big offences. There's the really big ones. You know, we don't experience a lot of them, but some people do. And uh, they, they, can, they can weigh us down. It's the big things. Then there's the, then there's the medium-sized offences. And so often we put them in our, in our, in our backpack and we, we carry them as well. Uh, there's the wounds that we experience in life. Um, there's grief, unresolved grief. That's not necessarily speaking about, you know, someone who's died, um, but it can be unmet expectations. I expected this, it didn't happen. And, uh, and then, there's, then there's the little ones, you know, there's the little offenses. Can you just give me one of those little, little ones, the medium-sized one, the medium-sized one. Um, sometimes it's not even the, the big offenses. Um, it's the smaller ones. Um, it's the things that people have said or done or so on. It's not that there's, uh, they're, 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 they're kind of the really big ones, but there's lots and lots and lots of these little ones. And how many people know that the more of those we put in, they can actually wear us down and start to wear us down. And then there's the little bubby ones as well. Um, it's just the little things that happen in life, the little things that people do, the little things that people say. And we put those in our backpack. And, you know, and, we, and we start to go through life with this, with this, with this baggage. We carry this baggage throughout life. And we wonder why we're tired all the time. We wonder why we struggle all the time. And we wonder, we wonder why life seems so difficult because we're carrying this baggage. And you know, some of us can carry this for a, for a little bit. You can carry it for 10 minutes. I'll carry this for a minute. That's about it. Um, uh, you can carry this for a few minutes. But, but, but start to carry this for a few hours, a few days, a few months a few years, and it will slowly, slowly, slowly wear you down. I remember one time this guy did this example about a, a glass of water. I mean, who can hold a glass of water? And if you hold the glass of water here, you can hold it for maybe 10 minutes. But after a while, even a glass of water becomes excruciating. So many of us are carrying baggage in our lives. The good news is this, that God wants to set us free from all the pain in our life. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are tired and carrying heavy loads. Jesus says, just come to me. Are you exhausted of carrying this heavy load? Just come to me and I'm going to give you rest. Because my servants, become my servants and learn from me. I'm gentle and free of pride. And you will find rest for your souls. Serving me is easy and my load is light. Jesus says, my, take my load because my load is easy and my load is light. In the text we read, Lazarus is raised from the dead and he comes out, but, but it's interesting. The Bible says his hands were bound, his feet were bound, his face was bound. It's like many of us, we're, we were dead in our transgressions and sin. Jesus sets us free. We come to know Christ. We come alive to God. We're born again, but we're still bound. We're not free. We're still carrying baggage. We've still got stuff in our baggage. 
So God sends Nehemiah, the Holy Spirit, to help unravel some of those grave clothes to deal with the baggage. There are different ways that we can deal with baggage. There's, there's different ways we deal with this backpack. We can pretend it doesn't exist. What backpack? You see it's a backpack? It's just in your imagination. I don't have a backpack. It's all good. I'm fine. People put on a smile, the mask, you know, work really hard at, at denying the reality that exists. Because if I just pretend it's not there, I don't have a problem. Some people blame others. Oh, it's their fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. My upbringing, my parents, my situation, this situation. If that didn't happen, then this would be fine. Some people take the posture of a victim, always looking for sympathy. Some people medicate their pain. The way they deal with the pain is they, they, they medicate it. They, you know, it's through alcohol and through drugs and through sex and through a whole bunch of other things. Because, um, and, and a lot of the addictions, what's behind the addictions is just simply medication for pain. And if you chase, if you follow, forget the addiction, if you follow the pain and deal with that, many times the addiction becomes easier to deal with. And we can do all of those things. Or we can face the backpack in the name of Jesus. Jesus said to Lazarus, he said, loosen him. Loosen him. Take off those grave clothes. Give me that baggage he's carrying. That was heavy, man. <laughs> I'm back sitting. I believe Jesus wants to loosen us from the baggage that's keeping us bound. So today what I want to do is I want to take four words, four simple words out of the text that I pray is going to help us. Because all, we've all got a backpack. Can I hear an amen? Come on, there's, there's no one here who doesn't have their own version of this. All of us have got a version of this. So all of us have in some way got to deal with this. For none of us, you know, the, 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 uh, the outside walls, they're not perfectly solid. There's, there's, there's work to be done for all of us. My, my, my prayer is that by the Holy Spirit, we're going to give room to the Holy Spirit. We're going to give room to Nehemiah. We're going to give space to Nehemiah to help us, help us deal with some of those brokenness in our, in our soul. So what are the four words? Four words that are going to help us. The first word is believe. If we're going to deal with the baggage, we need to be, believe that we can be healed. Lazarus had been dead for four days. He was, in a, he was in a grave, wrapped in grave clothes. Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick, but he took four days to get there. By this time, he had died. and They had buried him. And when he finally gets there, Martha says to Jesus, she says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. If you'd been here, Lord Jesus, then, then, I, then, then, then this would not have happened. If you'd had intervened, Jesus, a lot of us think like this. If you'd have intervened, Jesus, if you'd have done something, Jesus, we, we wouldn't be in this position we are right now. And Jesus says to her later, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. Now, I don't know why you have gone through or the, whatever it is that you've gone through. We know how this particular story ends. Not all the stories end like this. But, and I don't know why you have gone through uh, what, 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 you, what you have gone through. And that's why we come to Jesus. And that's why, that's, that's, that's why we, we, bring, we bring it to Jesus because it's in the presence of God. It's in the presence of Jesus that God begins to speak to us and move in our lives and minister healing to us. 
Jesus says to her later, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And some of you have, have stopped believing that you could be set free. Some of you have given up hope. You've said, no way, I've tried in the past. Some of you have locked that bag, thrown away the key, never to be opened again. I'm not interested. There's no way this is too hard. Jesus wants us to know that whatever has been packed into our bags can be unpacked in the name of Jesus. It may not be unpacked the way you want it to be unpacked, but Jesus helps us to unpack our bags. The Bible says that God works all things for good. It doesn't mean that all things are good, but He has a way of being able to turn the very difficult situations. He, he, he manages in some way to get glory even out of some of those difficult situations that what the enemy has meant for harm, God shall use for His glory in the name of Jesus. I know that in my own life, I've been through seasons where, you know, why, 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 why? We can get on that why treadmill and, and just use why, 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 why? And I, got, and I got to a stage in my own life where it was, a, it was a kind of a crisis of faith. Do I believe in God or not? Is He real or is He not? You'll see this. All the people that are used by God in a great way, they all had this kind of a crisis. If God is God, then Why? And as you struggle, the best place to have that struggle, it's in the presence of God. It's to be out. God's not scared of our questions. And I remember kind of um, listening uh, to a message by uh, James Dobson. He talked about Abraham and he said, Abraham believed God. That's it. God had said to him, you're going to be the father of a great nation and nothing happened. And the Bible says that Abraham believed God. He made a decision to put his faith in God. He said, I don't understand God. I don't understand what God is doing. I don't understand how God can be glorified in this situation. But he made a decision with his will to say, you know what? I'm gonna put my trust in God because I know that God is sovereign, because I know that God is good, because I know that God is faithful and I know that God is loving. Even if he doesn't seem to be right now, I know those things are true. And so I choose to put my faith in him. God is a faithful God. And God will see us through. Some of you locked the bag and thrown the key away. It's too hard. Jesus wants you to know that whatever's been packed into the bag can be unpacked by His grace and for His glory. And Jesus wants to help us unpack our bag because He can handle the baggage. Isaiah says, but those who hope in the Lord, He's going to renew their strength. They're going to soar on wings like eagles. But those who hope in the Lord, those who put their trust in God, those who, those who, those who are, uh, understand the faithfulness of God. David said, I would have lost heart unless I'd believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, I, nearly, I nearly walked away. I nearly walked away from all of it. But what got me through, I believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so I, I pointed towards God because I knew that I would see His goodness. You know, one of the great qualities, uh, this week as I was listening to some stuff, the one, one, of the, one, of the, one of the great qualities that we need to understand about God, you know, it's, it's the love of God, yes, but it's the faithfulness of God, that God is a faithful God. What's the point of having a loving God if He's not a faithful God? What's the point of having a loving God who loves me today, but who knows if He's going to love me tomorrow? What's one, one, of the, one of the great qualities that we can understand, get a revelation of in relation to God is that God is faithful. He's a faithful God. He's going to see me through. 
The situation just seems impossible. The situation just seems like it's the end. It seems like it's dark. I don't see a way through this at all. I, I, I can't see a way out of this situation. I've got the Red Sea before me. I've got the Egyptians coming up behind me. But I know that God is faithful. And I'm going to trust God. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of God. If we're going to deal with the baggage, you need to believe. God can help us deal with that, whatever's inside. The second thing, that, uh, the second word is the word remove. What we, need to, uh, what we need is to remove is the stone. Jesus asked with Lazarus is, goes to the tomb. He says, take away the stone, remove the stone. I want you to briefly see the situation from Mary and Martha's perspective. Lazarus is dead, been dead for four days. He's finished. There's no way to fix this in the natural. It's done and dusted, four days. He's gone. Notice how Jesus deals with the situation. He says, remove the stone. If Jesus wanted to, he could have said, he could have actually spoken to the stone himself. Stone be moved. Could have moved it himself. Instead, he says, remove the stone. So often we can be overwhelmed by the stuff in our lives, the baggage. And we think it's our responsibility to raise the dead. Actually, it's not. All our responsibility is to remove the stone. Jesus didn't say to them, raise Lazarus from the dead. No, all, all Jesus asked them to do, remove the stone. Think about all the miracles in the Bible. Jesus always asked them to do something. Go and wash in the river, throw the nets on the other side. As they went, as they obeyed, God performed the miracle. We do the possible, God does the impossible. Some of us are facing some deep issues in our lives, challenges, complexities, difficulties. The pain is deep. Pain is deep. The wounds are deep. And little cliches are not going to be able to manage the depth of that pain. And we feel completely overwhelmed. Jesus didn't say, you raised Lazarus from the dead. He just said, remove the stone. God's work of sanctification, the repairing of the walls, requires collaboration. We pray, we seek God, we obey. I wonder, is there something in our lives that needs to be removed so that we can be closer to Jesus? Is there something in our lives that needs to be moved so that we can be closer to Jesus? Is God asking us to remove something so that we can be closer to Jesus? Maybe it's unforgiveness, an unhealthy relationship, a behavior. Whatever it is, it's getting in the way of being closer to Jesus. What's interesting, Martha says to Jesus, I don't think it's a good idea because there's going to be a smell. Sometimes we don't unpack the bag because of the smell that might come out. If we're going to see the glory of God, we need to remove the stone because Jesus can handle that. Third word of the story is respond. Lazarus had to take responsibility for the healing. It's a similar principle as the other one, but when they rolled away the stone, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Again, Jesus was not asking Lazarus to heal himself. All he had to do to be healed was respond to the voice of Jesus. Jesus will never violate our will. He's given us something called the will. That's why this is so important. Jesus will never violate our will. He always asks us to respond. And, and, and Lazarus had to make a decision, either stay in the tomb or walk out. Lazarus had to take responsibility for his healing. 
It's an amazing story in the Bible of a man that had been paralyzed for 38 years. Jesus says to him, uh, sees him and he goes to him and he says, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? What a crazy question. A man's been paralyzed for 38 years. Hello, of course he wants to be made well. But Jesus asks him a question. He doesn't waste a question. And notice the man's response. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm, <laughs> while I'm coming, another steps in before. He starts to, he starts to, it's the rhetoric of a victim. I could be healed, I might, but it's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's responsibility. I love the way, Je I love Jesus because Jesus doesn't even listen to that. Jesus says to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Not everybody that's sick wants to be made well. Not everybody that's sick wants to actually deal with the baggage because sometimes it's actually nice to carry some baggage. People take the life of a victim where they blame the past, the parent, the person, this, the that. Always looking for someone to blame, someone to rescue. Key to healing is take responsibility for our lives. Lazarus said, Jesus said to Lazarus, come out. Come out. J. John says this. Now, we can't alter the past. We can't change the past. But we can bring the past to the altar. The greatest thing that we can do with the past is bring it to the altar because we can't change it, but we can bring it to God. Has God asked you to do something, but haven't, haven't, you haven't done it? Our responsibility is to respond. The fourth word in the story is the word loosen. I love that story. It only happens in the King James. Uh, and here's Lazarus kind of hopping out of the, the grave. He's wrapped up in grave clothes and and Jesus says, loosen him. Jesus wants to loosen the grave clothes in our lives. Paul says to the Corinthians, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Isaiah says, you shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. What's going to remove the pack, what's going to remove um, uh, the load off of our shoulder, it's the anointing of God. What is the anointing? The anointing is defined as the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It's the anointing. It's the Spirit of God that helps heal us. It's Nehemiah that represents the Holy Spirit, whose name means the Spirit. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us repair these areas in our lives that have been wounded and, and, and broken in our lives. In healing... In restoration, there's always our responsibility and there's God's responsibility. Story in the Bible of a time when Jesus was teaching in a synagogue and behold, the Bible says, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years. She was bent over, couldn't in no way raise herself up. There was, there was no, nothing that she could do. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made well. I wonder, is there something keeping you bound? Something that's causing us to be bent over? Been a long time, 18 years. We need to know that Jesus wants to loosen us, set us free by his grace and for his glory. It's interesting that Jesus says about Lazarus, loosen him and let him go. There are times where Jesus will lay hands on us and heal us. There are times where healing is going to come through the body of Christ.
But, me, but God does want to heal us. Many of us have encountered Jesus, but we're walking around with our grave clothes. Many of us have come to Christ. We love God. We worship God, but we're carrying some baggage. And that baggage is stopping us from living the blessed life, the life that Jesus has called us to live. I wonder what's in your bag. It's in your bag. If you think metaphorically about the bag that you're carrying, I wonder, wonder what's in there. What situations are in there? What words are in there? What stuff is in there? What stuff have you jammed in there? So one day, one day I'll deal with it. One day, one day, one day, one day, one day. Reality is whatever's in the bag, it's going to affect how we live our life. And it will limit our capacity to experience the blessed life. I wonder what's in your bag. What is it that you carry around with you every single day? Jesus wants us to know that whatever's been packed into our bags can be unpacked. Jesus wants to help us unpack those bags and to minister healing deep into our soul. I wonder, is there something you need to remove? It's getting between you and Jesus. Is there something that needs to to remove? Maybe before that, you need to start to believe. Some of you have accepted, no, this is my lot in life. Um, I'll never never experience the blessed life. Some of you need to start to believe. Start to believe. By the grace of God, I'm going to be everything that Jesus has called me to be. Start to believe that God is going to move in my life, that God is going to heal, that God is going to do something in my life. Is there something you need to remove? Do you need to respond to a command from Jesus? Has He asked you to do something you haven't done? You need to be released from something that's bringing you down. My prayer is that we would be set free from all the things that are holding us back in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us as we read the story about Nehemiah that within 52 days, the whole wall was completely restored. Every gate that was broken was repaired. It was completed in 52 days. I believe that God wants to do a complete work in our lives. It's not that we forget, but it's the memory no longer causes pain in our lives. Some people say, well, I have to forget. No, we don't forget, but the memory of it no longer causes the trigger, the pain that it did once upon a time. And God has this way of guiding us. The Holy Spirit has this way of guiding us through steps of healing, acknowledging the wound, acknowledging the pain. Some people kind of deny it or uh, Christians in particular, oh, I've got to forgive them. But, but there's some steps before that. Acknowledge the pain. Be honest with yourself and say that it hurt. The, the situation hurt. The words hurt. The, the things that happened, the things that were done hurt. Acknowledge the wound find a way to express the pain and then move to forgiveness I choose by the grace of God to forgive those that have hurt me I choose to forgive the words that were spoken over my life I choose by the grace of God to forgive 
And as we work through that process, God has this way of just turning those situations around. Consider it joy when you go through trials of many kinds because they produce something that could not have been produced apart from that. God has this way of healing our soul deeply. God wants to do a complete work in our lives. How does it begin? It begins by giving our life to Jesus. So here's what I want to do because my time is gone. Uh, I want us to guide us through a prayer today. So I want you to stand with me. I'm going to guide us as a church through a prayer. Um, Because I want to believe that God wants to heal us in the name of Jesus. God wants to send Nehemiah, a type of the Holy Spirit that's going to heal our soul, our mind, our emotions by His grace and for His glory. I don't know what this represents to you and I don't know what the message represents to you, but for some of you, it's very clear. It's really clear. When you think about baggage, when you think about what's in the bag, you know precisely what's in there. So here's what, what we're going to do. What we're going to do, I'm just going to ask you to just put your hand on your heart and just pray for your soul. I want you to pretend this is your soul. It's there and it represents your mind, your emotions, your will. You know, if Jesus was here, He would, he would touch you, but... Jesus isn't physically here. He's here by the Spirit. And we're just going to do this. And I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Just repeat some words as I'm, as I'm praying this prayer. Let, let them be your words. And my prayer has been, as I'm thinking about the message this week and praying, I've been praying that the Holy Spirit is going to touch some people. That today, it may not be complete healing, but it's going to be the beginning of a process or uh, of healing in the name of Jesus. That God is going to set us free in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, by His grace and for His glory. So I want you to just repeat after me. Father, I thank You that in Christ I'm loved and accepted. And I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I thank You that in Christ I am healed. I thank You that all my sins past, present and future have been forgiven. Be the Lord and Saviour of my life. I thank You that Your life, Your resurrection life is in my spirit. And now in the name of Jesus, let it flow into my mind. Let it flow into my emotions. Let it flow into my soul. I surrender my baggage to You. And in the name of Jesus, heal my body, heal my soul, heal my spirit. I command that baggage, those grave clothes, that spirit of infirmity to be loosened in the name of Jesus so that I can be set free to serve You in Jesus' Name. I thank You for Your healing In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a clap offering, amen. So Father, I just thank You. Thank You for Your Word. Father, we acknowledge that You're sovereign. You're above every circumstance, every situation. We acknowledge that you're a loving God, gracious, 
and that you're a faithful God. And Lord, we, we could respond, react to life in so many different ways, but we choose by the grace of God to respond by coming into your presence and seeking you. Father, you know every wound in this place. Just reach out by the Spirit of God and minister healing. Just reach out and minister healing, I pray in the name of Jesus. May the devil be defeated, your name lifted high, and I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you back next week. In Jesus' name. Amen.